Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFort here with Mo DeKeel for your Tuesday morning update. Before we start, don't forget, folks, if you aren't already a subscriber, you can get this podcast ad-free along with all the great journalism that we offer over at The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash NBA show. So go ahead and do that now and sign up. Tell them we sent you. Support the show. Let's get to it. Lots to get to, Mo. This was a huge Monday night, and we got to start with a wild one in Charlotte that kicked off tonight. Mo, we got overtime in this first game between the Charlotte Hornets and the 76ers. The Hornets came into Monday night with with five players in the health and safety protocols, including starters LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Mason Plumley. But this team... They pulled themselves together and led by 35 points and six threes from, and stop me if you've heard this one before, Kelly Oubre Jr. Look, the, <laughs> the Hornets made this a freaking game, Mo. Uh, but Joel Embiid ultimately just too much. Not only did he hit the game-time basket to send the game into overtime, uh, he also had six of Philly's eight points in OT. He really took over 43 points, 15 rebounds, and and – the Sixers beat the Hornets 127-104. The Sixers could use some easy wins, Mo, but uh, it's nice to see Embiid looking good and for them to at least get a win. One, they don't do easy wins. That's just one thing. It doesn't seem to be the thing anymore for Philadelphia. Sorry, guys. You have 82 hard games. The rest of, you know, whatever, however many games they have left, they're all going to be hard. The impressive part, not just about Embiid's numbers, he went 15-20 from the field, Dave, and we get it. Charlotte's small. They went to a zone. They tried to do a whole bunch of different things to stop him. It did not matter. Joel Embiid got wherever he wanted. The only time I felt like, oh, wow, that shot was, he missed that one because of the defense, was the one at the buzzer where my, uh, where Miles Bridges jumped over, jumped off his man and added an extra contest and made it a little bit harder. Otherwise, it was just Embiid missing a couple of shots. He was unbelievable in this game. And I think, you know, when you just look at it down the stretch, like this is a team that, hey, when they were healthy and right, they were eight and two to start the year. They're a solid team when they can roll. Yeah. And they got Tobias Harris tonight. He had 21 and 11. By the way, Mo, this is the first time in a month that the Sixers have won back to back games, which to your to your point, they just haven't been healthy at all. And, and it's nice to see Embiid moving around as well as he was tonight. Now, uh, for Charlotte, I mean, look. I, I made fun of this because Kelly Oubre had 35 with six threes. But the truth is, they only had really eight guys ready to go. And, and I got to say, Mo, we don't normally do moral victories, especially on Nerder, she wrote. But this one kind of feels like a moral victory to a certain degree, right? No, um, I don't. I don't know. It was a loss. It doesn't count as anything. It doesn't count as a half a loss, a half a win or anything like that. It's a loss. The one thing I'll say that I thought Charlotte did a great job in this game 
was they crashed the offensive boards. They really made Philly pay. And they got 16 opportunities, got 23 points off second chance points against the Sixers. And that's a big one considering how small they are versus the Sixers. I know the Sixers aren't a great rebounding team in general, but that's still impressive along those lines. They showed a lot of fight, but that's kind of what I expect now from a James Borrego team. Just ahead of game time, the Chicago Bulls announced their star DeMar DeRozan has entered the the team's COVID-19 health and safety protocols. Uh, He was not in uniform or at the arena for their game against the Denver Nuggets on Monday night and is likely to miss several games as he undergoes daily testing and uh, follows the protocols. Uh, DeMar joins teammates Javante Green and Kobe White, who are also out after testing positive with COVID-19, according to coach Billy Donovan. Uh, DeRozan will have to show two consecutive negative PCR tests within 24 hours before he can return to the court. Uh, and he was just named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So, you know, you, you hate the timing anyway, but especially coming on the heels of such a great week where, you know, he shot almost 60% from the field in, in their three wins last week, including that big win over the Nets. So, Mo, the Bulls are going to need everybody to step up, especially since they're going to be without Alex Caruso for at least a week with that hamstring issue. And I, I think the early returns are pretty good. The Bulls beat the Nuggets, right? Like 109-97 because Zach Levine had 32-8. and eight. Yeah, I mean, the early, early returns are good, but mainly because, like, the Nuggets are so beat up anyways, right? Like, when we're talking about injuries, it's, it's you know, the Nuggets are like, oh, you guys are down a couple of guys? Oh, we, we, we don't know that feeling. Like, come on. Um, no, but you're right about one thing. Levine really has to step up. DeRozan has played the role of the closer in a lot of these games for the Bulls that they have won down the stretch and a little bit with playmaking, a little bit with his mid-range scoring and things like that. It is going to be now for time for Levine to step up and now would be a great time for Vucevic to get going, you know, and he's so shown some flashes, you know, tonight, 20 points, not an efficient night, eight to 24 from the field, but they're going to need him to kind of pick up. Uh, his scoring on his end to really kind of help them survive this run for however long these guys are going to be out. Hopefully it'll be a short stint, but man, sometimes these dudes have been out for like a, a long time. Like look again, how long Embiid was out for Philly. Yeah, and Lonzo Ball chipped in 20 with 10 rebounds. Uh, the Nuggets got 17 points, 15 assists, and 12 rebounds from Jokic. Obviously not enough in this game. Uh, the Bulls' defense really bothered the Nuggets, I thought. And, and the Nuggets look gassed. Look, they've lost eight of their last 10. As you mentioned, they've been ravaged by injuries. No Michael Porter Jr., of course. Jamal Murray's been out all year. Uh, P.J. Dozier out with a knee injury. I mean, it just it just seems like the hits don't stop. And now they're 11-12, and 12, Mo. And, and this is a team that... You know, we thought might be able to get to the playoffs, get Jamal Murray back, and maybe have a shot at, at making a finals berth. But at this point, you know, they're kind of just nursing themselves through the season and hoping that they can play spoiler in the playoffs, it feels like. Playoffs? Playoffs? Talking about playoffs? No, the uh, no. I mean, the, get into the play-in game at this point. Like, the way the, these injuries are going, I don't think you should be in any rush if you're Denver to bring back Jamal Murray at this point. Like, your, your ceiling is so much lower with all the stuff that's kind of come down. Just roll through it. Give Jokic a ton of credit, though. That's an impressive triple-double with and, and, and going to be offensive to some folks, but, you know. Not a lot of great talent on the floor with him for the most part, you know, that that can score. He's got to create every single thing for the Nuggets when he's on the court. And he can do it, but it's gonna be a it's gonna come at a cost and be a, a toll on him. And I I, I I worry for them. It's just gonna be a real tough season the rest of the way.
In Milwaukee, the Bucks beat the Cavs 112-104, and Giannis returns after a two-game absence. He scores 27 points on his 27th birthday. you got to love that. The, the Bucks led for the majority of this game, Mo, and, and you know I thought that the Cavs did a really good job of staying in it. They kept them working on both ends, and the guy who really led them was Jared Allen. I mean, Jared Allen's been really strong. I mean, it, it, he he's picked up his play when Mobley went out. Now that Mobley's back, it's kind of become the twin towers I think the Cavs were kind of hoping for with the way they're playing. I mean, listen, man, I loved him when he was in Brooklyn. They traded him. I was shocked Houston didn't snag him. Cleveland was smart, jumped in on him, signed him to a nice little five, five-year, $100 million contract. Some people thought that might have been too excessive, but, like, he's produced. You know, he's another big man on the floor, long, lanky. He's a solid player. That's all I all I really got for you, dude. He's just a good player for the Cavs. Yeah, I think his passing has actually been a bit revelatory this year. And he did it in Brooklyn, but I think it's really showing out this season, especially with playing paired up with Mobley. They've just been fantastic in a way that I don't think any of us expected. The the Bucks are still undefeated when Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday are in the lineup so far this season. And, of course, we know they're going to be without Brooke Lopez for a little while. Don't worry. They got Boogie Cousins, who we saw a lot of in this game. <laughs> but, Mo, aside from Boogie, what stood out in this game for the Bucks from you? Was it just a pedestrian win for them, or, or was there anything that you saw that, that was important? I think it was just along the lines of, like, yo – we know we're the champs. We're going to get everybody's best shot when we're when we're right. And like you said, the core three are out there. They're going to be tough to beat. I mean, they go on a big run at the fourth quarter to basically shut the game down. Like the Cavs cut the lead to two. They go on a, I don't want to say a massive run, but like I think it was like a 13 to four run or 15 to six type run to seal the deal there to end the game. And it's just like, that's how you play when you're a team that can go another gear. And that's what they have as a championship team. But the other Eastern Conference teams, they, they got to be looking over their shoulder. The Bucks are nine, have won nine out of their last 10. You know, we were talking about a few weeks ago, they were sitting there looking like they were outside the plane, but we all knew once they got healthy, they were going to rise. And that's what's happening in the standings. I mean, they're a game behind the Nets for the top seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. And I think that's where they belong. The Suns hold off the Spurs 108-104, and Mo, the Spurs have looked a lot better recently from a few weeks ago where it looked like they might have been tanking, and this was a really close game down the stretch, but the Suns are that win factory, and they manufactured another win tonight, and listen, uh, stop me if you heard this one before, thanks to a late game takeover by number one point guard, potentially ever, Chris Paul. I mean, the point guard was, was there tonight in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and it wasn't even just on the offensive end in the way we're used to high pick and roll, mid-range jumper, finding guys for lobs and kickouts. You know, there's a there was a sequence where the Spurs are down three. DeJounte Murray comes up with a seal. Looks like he has a uh, he's gonna have a, a, a one-on-one versus Chris Paul. And, you know, normally look, let's just be honest, we're all gonna go like, okay, that's probably a bucket or at least a foul. And Chris Paul does a phenomenal job with the timing as Murray goes up for the for his layup. Paul gets his hand on the ball, strips him clean, and it was absolutely clean, no foul, nothing like that. Brings it down the other end of the court, finds Cameron Johnson in the corner for a three. It's a massive five-point swing. Right then and there, it's like, okay, this game's over. And that's just the kind of stuff that Chris Paul has been doing for the Suns since he's got there. 
Yeah, it was a textbook fourth quarter from from Chris Paul. And we got a little bit of an update from the stat of the weekend because, guess what? The Grizzlies just do not lose. Not only do they not lose, they also haven't been losing at any of these games. They beat the Heat. They've now won five in a row. Mo, that's five games without trailing and all of these without John Morant. This is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a team that we thought going into the season were going to be pretty solid. And started out very slow the defense was terrible at one point and now they've kind of picked it up with everything they're going and look once John Morant comes back I mean this is going to be a team to watch for yeah that's going to do it for the show folks don't forget we've got tampering coming up next right here on the athletic NBA show so stay tuned for that for Mo DeKeel I'm Dave DeFore Mo what do we say ding ding